Right. Uh, good evening, everybody. Um, welcome to the start of the pod. Uh, I will be delayed by one minute. Uh, I just need to sort one thing out, and then we will be good to go. Right, apologies for that. There's slight delay, family stuff. Uh, okay, so after the silence, Phil, can you hear me? No, I, I literally we had a bit. Uh, my daughter ran out of the room crying as I was about to start. <laughs> so I had to start it and then go and tell her it's not to worry. And then, oh. oh, I've just got in from a walk. So I'm a bit sweaty, but luckily you can't see me, so it doesn't matter. Yeah, thankfully <laughs> I should be should be safe from that. That'd be like... <laughs> excellent, excellent. Okay, so um, tonight, obviously, there's no game to review because there's no games on the weekend because uh, of all the internationals that are going on. So we are here tonight to preview Sunday's trip to Sunderland. Uh, this is one of our games, it was cancelled at the start of the year um, due to, I think it was the frozen pitch. Um, and obviously there's the FA Cup this weekend, we're not in it. Um, so we're playing the league game instead. Um, we've got Graham here with us tonight as well um, to give us his view from uh, Sunderland. So welcome, Graham. Hey, lads, you okay? Yeah, not bad, thanks. Thanks for coming on. That's fine, no worries. No worries. Yeah, I know you guys have helped us out, so I'm happy to come on and give a bit of information about Sunderland, how we're getting on. So yeah, nice to speak to you. Superb. Superb. I'm aware you obviously got the uh, the men's game a bit later on as well, so we <laughs> we will free you up for that. Um, oh, you don't have to, do you? Well, yeah. <laughs> I, did, I did say to Rich, I'd probably spare you from not having to see it. Um, <laughs> obviously, so, before, before we start tonight, so it might be a little bit of interest there. So, no, no you never, you never know. You love to go. It's normally against us. Um, <laughs> but, it does, it does. Uh, so, so yeah. So we'll be looking at um, the Sunderland game first of all, and then we're going to discuss the impact that Millie Farrow has had since she joined us from Leicester in the summer, and we're just going to have a look at the league structure um, in the Championship at the moment and by that I kind of I mean the divide that is quite clearly there now between the full-time and the part-time teams so we'll just look at a bit of that and its impact on the game um, but first of all I think obviously a good place to start is with this Sunday coming up so going into this week uh, we are currently in a table. We've played 15. We are on 24 points. Um, Sunderland are ninth. You've played 14 and you're on 13 points. We've had, I think it's fair to say, probably I mean, slightly different runs of form. Um, Sunderland, 
you started off quite well. I think you were top for the first three games, if I remember rightly. Um, and then we kind of hit our stride. We got ourselves up into the top three. Um, and I think your results have perhaps dropped off a little bit. I know you lost, I think, was it Charlotte Potts in, at the start of January as well? Yeah, yeah, um, big miss. Yeah, and so it looked like you'd kind of slowed down a bit. We were flying, and then all of a sudden, we've taken a few paces, <laughs> and uh, we've dropped right back down again. So, um, bit of an awkward time for, for perhaps for both teams. A big game, uh, a really big game. Um, I feel I'll ask your thoughts on it in a second, um, but for me, I, I look at it and I think when this was first due to be played uh, at the start of the year, it would, have, it would have been the first game back from the winter break. Uh, I predicted the one. Phil, you sat on your fence and predicted a draw. And I think Rich predicted a draw as well. Um, and I generally think the form of the two teams then, I, I fully believe we'd have won that day. Now, it's a massively different picture especially from our point of view with how our results have been, which has really, really changed our view and prospects on the game. Um, Phil, I wonder what your thoughts were ahead of the match. Yeah, Mike, yeah. I mean, I mean, it was unfortunate, wasn't it? Because the team went all the way up there for the uh, for the, early, the game earlier in the year and um, postponed, I think, 45 minutes um, before kickoff, which was a shame. But, yeah, I mean, we were playing... We, we, we were playing with a lot more confidence then, weren't we? So we probably would have had a, a better chance, I think, at that time, given how we were playing. But Sunderland are a good team. I remember the home game. That was the one game that we played at Sellers this season. And... Um, and uh, I was really impressed. I thought the midfield especially was really sort of, um, they covered an awful lot of ground and they didn't give us an awful lot of space. We only used to really create our chances mainly from wide areas. I think that was where, they, you know, I think in the middle of the pitch, they were quite dominant, really, Sunderland. I thought they played really well that day. Um, it was uh, a draw, wasn't it, that game? And, um, yeah, I mean, it's going to be a very difficult game. I mean, obviously... The way that our games have gone recently with, you know, we've obviously let in quite a few goals, uh, four against Liverpool, four against Bristol City and then five against London City. So, you know, I think the first goal is going to be really important because if we go 1-0 down quite early on, our confidence is at that point where we might struggle again, really. Um, so I think the first goal is going to be really important. Um, I think, you know, I, I went for a draw the way we were playing previously. It's going to be a tough game up there. I think, they're, I think they are a very, a very strong team. I, I actually think this time, I don't think, I think we're probably, I think we're going to lose. I think we'll lose 2-0. I, I just don't think that the way we're playing at the moment and the confidence wise, I don't think, you know, and I think it's it's going to be tough. So I'm I'm not going to sit on the fence this time. I'm I'm actually, I think Sunderland will win 2-0. That's my view. But it'll be a really tough game. Be interesting to hear. Um, I mean, I haven't really been able to see much of Sunderland other than the game against. I've seen the highlights, of course, on the FA player, but that doesn't really tell you the full story. So um be very interested to hear um, Graham's view on how he feels they've been playing over the last few weeks, especially. Um, but, um, yeah, I, I'm, unfortunately, I just think our confidence is down. And um, unless we get the first goal, that might make a difference. But if we don't, then I think we'll struggle, to be honest. I, I'm, I'm going to say it'll be a 2-0 defeat. Wow, you got you gone straight in there with the prediction this time. I <laughs> know. Oh, sorry, I just I just thought I'd save you the bother. 
I've not even built up to it yet. Uh, I can understand where you're coming from. Um, I will, when I get to it, I, I am going to go for the positive prediction. Um, but I completely understand where you're coming from. Um, I think from our perspective, I think what, what buoys me a little bit is our performance against the Lionesses. Obviously, I know the goals we conceded were errors, but we it wasn't when I looked at the City game, when I looked at the Liverpool game, we were massively outplayed in those games. Uh, never looked in the games. Um, whereas the Lionesses, we were, in my opinion, the better team I've seen. Um, and then we had that little spell where it just, I think, because whether it's, you know, having conceded one, the, the, the thoughts of what's happened in the last couple of weeks um, kind of sunk in, you know, and then you get a bit jittery. And we, when we conceded two goals in two minutes, all of a sudden it's 3 0. Um, but we should have had a penalty at 2 0. Uh, Millie had two great chances first half, saved by the keeper, um, and even second half. You know, I, mean, I thought we we were a bright, we were a better team again at the start at a silly goal, go straight down the other end and score. And we we kept on playing, we kept on going, and I I feel that's the part of what we need to remember from that game to go into Sunderland is the way we played on the front foot because that's how we've been strong is playing on the front foot. We've taken the pressure off the defence um, because we've put other teams under so much pressure at the back. Um, and I'm hoping we've, we've had the week off. I mean, whether the players have trained and what's happened with that, I don't know. Um, but where we've had the week um, extra between the games, I'm hoping perhaps it's just given a chance to work on a few things, to recharge the batteries a little bit. Um, and refresh, and just kind of get you know get it. It's hopefully get it out. It's out of our system now. We've had those games against full-time teams, tough games. Now is where we just reset ourselves, and our rest of our season starts from here. And we've the teams we've got left to play are all very winnable games, um, or tough games still. Not you know not trying to discredit anyone else, but. We've probably got the hardest ones out of the way now. Durham's gone. Bristol City have turned around. Fulham have gone. Lionesses, Liverpool, they're all done. Um, so I'm hoping, and I think it will be, I think this will be our reset. Um, we can go up there. And I think if we can go up and get the result against Sunderland, I think that will really kick us on. Um, just to, you know, to, to get a strong finish for the rest of the season. Um, but Graham, I'd love to hear from yourselves. Because I know Rich came on beforehand, um, but for yourselves, how do you feel the season's going for Sunderland at the moment? Where you think you're at going into this game? Yeah, I, I think um, it's an ideal. I think what you've alluded to it's an ideal game for both sides. This one, um, I think both teams have been struggling recently. Um, I think we took a while. You mentioned earlier on in the show that uh, Charlotte Potts had left, and I think that was a big blow for us. Um, she's a really good centre-half. Um, and what it meant is some of our better players from midfield have had to drop back into the centre-half. Um, so I think we struggled to adapt when she first left uh, because we had, um, like I said, those players moving. So not only were we weak in the centre-half, we were weak in the centre-midfield. Um, and we struggled against Lewis. And we struggled against uh, London City. 
Um, but I didn't think we played particularly well, not only the fact that we had lost her, and she's a big player for us, but we just hadn't played well. But I think that now what's happened is because Mel, you're probably aware of Mel, like Mel Ray, the manager, I think what she'd managed to do is obviously get the girls together after those first couple of games and get a system, a good system. Um, so what we've found is the last two games we've actually done really well. So uh, we drew with Birmingham in the Cup um, and only got beat on extra time with uh, against them. Um, and then our last game, we got beat 3-0 off Liverpool, but that changed after a sending off at half-time, uh, just after half-time, because it was um, it was nil-nil. And one of our girls got sent off, and it was—I think it was pretty. Most people were pretty adamant that it was it was quite harsh. So I think we've got a little bit better in the last couple of weeks, but I think it's going to come a good time for both sides. I think both sides will look at it and think, actually, I think we'll get some points here. Um, so yeah, it could go either way. I mean, I, I think from my um, my side of things, obviously, we'll be looking to, to push on a bit and show what we can do a bit more than than those two sides where we'll. We were underdogs. We'll be underdogs for this, but not as much as we were for those two games. Um, but you guys are a good side. Like you said earlier on the season, I was really impressed with you. You've just come into a little bit of bad form, that's all. Um, when, I've, when I've watched you on the highlights, you look a good side. So I think it'll be a good game on Sunday. I think we, I know you haven't seen a lot of us, obviously, understandably, through through the highlights, but we like to, uh, to play like with five, five at the back. Uh, four in midfield, one in front, and then we'll push the two full backs on when we've got the ball. Um, so we we don't mind letting the other side have the ball, and we'll try and hit teams on the break. So I think actually I'm really forward to this game. Um, I think it could go either way. It could go either way. To be honest, I think uh, both managers will be thinking it's a good game. They can pick points up. Yeah, absolutely. It's a real. I think. Say game changer. Um, but I think, as you say, like for us, we've we just hadn't had this run, and it's been f- three or probably four of the the four top teams in this league. We've had them all virtually back to back, other than um, obviously Lewis. We've kind of sandwiched in the middle there, um, and I think it's just it's caught up with us. I think the the effort and the, the way we've played the first half of the season. Um, We've gone so hard at it, and we've been so on top form. Um, I think it's perhaps just just caught up with us a little bit, um, and you know, and we've we've had that kind of run where it's been hard to get over because we had Liverpool, and then obviously we had you know Lewis, who were a decent team themselves, and then we managed to get that win. But all of a sudden, we were at Bristol City in form, and then next week's London City Lionesses. I think we've probably had a lot. Of, do you know what I mean? We've, we've not had the breathing space a little bit, if that makes any sense. Um, yeah. yeah, I think so, this week will be good for both squads. This week will yeah, be really I think, good. Because you've yeah, got a bit of rest, a um, bit of work on the training ground, but not too much. Obviously, we've got a few girls who are international, but like younger internationals, not like, you know, senior. Uh, we've got one girl who's a senior Malder international, but the rest are like with the England uh, sort of development squads, etc. So even they've like warm, you know, Neve, probably one of our best players, Neve Heron. She's gone away and trained in, in Marbella. So although they are training, it's a nice bit of warm weather. Uh, warm weather. Funny enough, she's just joined us as we spoke. As we spoke, I just saw, uh, saw her popping up there on the on the space. And so she'll, although she's had sort of time away, she, at least it was, it's warm weather training. And the rest of the girls hopefully have had a bit of a rest. And your girls will probably be the same. 
they probably had a bit of time off. Maybe it's a bit of obviously a bit more work into the into them rather than just week in week out games. So my, both teams will probably come into it on uh, on Sunday. It should be a good game. Yeah, it should be a. Well, it's got the potential to be possibly. I actually think possibly one of the games of the weekend because it, it is two teams just trying to get themselves going again, have a bit of a reset, and in a winnable game for both sides. Um, I just want to ask you how you feel your season as a whole um, has been going because, from an outside perspective, um, it feels like. You hit the ground running, coming, you know, first couple of weeks really hit, came out flying out of traps. You had, I believe it was seven points after three games. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then perhaps Bye. got, I say, to use the phrase stuck in the mud, but you've done what, uh, what, what Palace, like the men's hobby, do a lot of the season, where we get stuck on a, a range of points. So it's to get the next six points is taking a fair bit of time. Uh, it feels like very much you in that transition season where. I think you've already established straight away that you're f- most definitely good enough for this league. That you know, having made—I know you were obviously WSL before, but having come back up again, had to come back up from the national league. Um, well, we can see how much Watford has struggled with it. Um, it's not easy, but I think you've immediately shown that you know this—you know—you are a good, good team at this level. But it's just in that transition period of. Where quite where you are in the league at the moment. I don't know if that's how you feel it's gone or. Yeah, yeah, I totally agree. I think um, the start of the season we just did better than we thought. Really, it was never people were joking saying, "Oh, we're going to be top end of the table." But I don't think we were really, you know, like the fans thought that was going to be the case. It was nice as it was happening, but um, I think we were aware that you know it was going to be some tougher challenges. Obviously, the squad, a few injuries. Um, so yeah, yeah, we're pretty happy. It's. Yeah, it, it was at the start. It was got, it was kind of going a little bit better than we ever thought, and then it's we've lost we've lost obviously a couple of players, um, but we've brought to I, I think most fans from from who I've spoke to are really happy about the way it's gone. Started off well, yeah, we've had a bit of a sticky patch, but now we've found a system that works for the team. Um, if you, I don't know, obviously I've never looked into how old your side is, but we must be one of the, the youngest sides in the league. Um, we made a couple. Of, we made three signings in the summer, um, and two of them. One one girl came from Durham, Irish, uh, Iris uh, Ishikov, um, and she's left because through injury. And then there was a obviously Charlotte left, so there's only we've only had one signing really now still with us. Emma Kelly came from Birmingham, um, she's she's a bit more experienced. She's like in her early twenties, but the rest of the squad are like you know sixteen, seventeen, nineteen. So I think we did better than expected to start with. We had a sticky patch, um, although we haven't won for for a little while, and we did in the FA Cup, but not in the league. It's been more probably down to the teams we've played. Um, but now that Mel's got a settled side and a settled system, I think we're in the next few games, because we've got you guys on Sunday at home, and then the week after we've got Charlton at home, we're going to hopefully see us uh, getting some more points on the board. Um, so, yeah, I think I think the season here, it always looks a little bit more disappointing when you haven't won for a little while. But actually, when you look at it, there's still not been that many games, because you'll have like, the FA Cup in there. Uh, we've had, obviously... Um, Games postponed as 
obviously the Palace game with the, the frozen pitch. So yeah, I think everyone seems pretty happy. Um, one thing I would mention, obviously, in relation to the the way it's gone over the last few weeks in terms of um, our our young side, I think we did look to try and get a couple of, couple of experienced heads in. But what's difficult up here in the northeast, which you may have we've heard on our podcasts but is, is we don't have that sort of luxury where there's anybody close by who could maybe loan us a player um i think durham had maybe a player or two we were interested in but they were reluctant to let them go um for one another um so that's been a little bit difficult in that fact that we didn't have anybody particularly local with us not being professional um it's not like sort of somebody could could sort of like give it Man United, Man City, somebody like that could loan us a player. Um, that's been. But the good thing is it then means that the younger players that we've got in the squad have had an opportunity. So it's it, it's really good. It's uh, it's it's gone well. And let's just hope in the next few weeks we can pick a few more wins up. Absolutely. I was going to just say before I answered then. Obviously, you mentioned about Neve being in here, and we've got Lee in here as well from ourselves about if either wanted to. Say anything at any time um, to maybe put in a request, but I believe Neve's just left. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. The Sun, the Sun players aren't able to go on, unfortunately. Um, just something from the club. There's something we're working on, um, but they just do stuff through the, the club channel. I don't know the full reason behind that, but uh, she's a good girl. She, she would have loved to come on if she would be allowed to. Um, but I think that was just timing. <laughs> I think she'll yeah. probably pop back. I'll just probably just drop that connection or something. But yeah, she's she's not allowed. But hopefully in the future she'll uh, she'll be able to come on. But I think she's probably way still in um, in Marbella because they played this afternoon. So she's she's probably still away there or or going to the airport or something. But uh, yeah, it's, um, we've got a good young squad. Lots of young internationals as well. Should be a good game on Sunday. I'll be getting along there. Um, should be uh, fingers crossed it's not cancelled because the weather's not been the best but hopefully the the weather will be okay for the weekend yeah yeah that would be nice I got off your side so I went up there again <laughs> and uh, I think I'll be petitioning for just can we just have the points this is like a third trip of it I can understand obviously about not, not being able to, uh, to come on and talk and I completely get that um, we're just always really grateful when um, any of the players come in I know Lee always pops in whenever she can and um, we're all just grateful anyone who comes in and listens to us blabbering on um, but you just want to pick out a point that you said um, I think players like a lot of fans anybody who likes to listen like to listen on record as well so you, you, you find out I've been there to speak to a few people at the game they'll, they'll say oh I listen to this and you, you don't realise how many people might maybe it's not get, get into it live but uh, they get in and listen to it so it'd be good yeah. hopefully a lot of people get to, to listen to the preview I think um, just wanted to touch on something that you mentioned about the not having won for a few games and I think that's probably one of the things with this league and it kind of touches on what I did later on with the balance of the league um, where it, because you've got, and I didn't realise until Dean confirmed for me last week how many a manager, how many teams are actually full time. I think it's only us, yourselves, Sheffield United, Watford, and um, one other who uh, who are part time. So would that be Black, Blackburn, Mike? Blackburn. Yes, mate. Yes, Phil, you're right. Blackburn. Uh, we're the only ones who are part time. So, there's a lot of full-time teams in the league who have got 
get you know the daily training, the fitness, all 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 the bonuses that go with it. Where while our players are having to work, you know, work full day and then go and train. Um, and so it is difficult because you you don't really get a run of playing all the teams around yourself. If you make, if you know what I mean. So we've we've had it every, every season. I think this year is the first year we've probably put. I mean, we had the string of um, three or four wins in a row when we went we went seven unbeaten in the league, and that's that's the first time we've managed to, to do that um, because it is so so difficult in this league um, with the, the the two kind of tiers, as it were. Um, so it is hard to get it. So I completely understand where you're coming from. It's sometimes you don't feel like you've got the momentum, but that's where like. The beauty is with the game we've got now, and, and ironically, me saying about this, you, you don't get that run. We probably have got that for the rest of the season, bar um, another game against Lewis. Um, most of who we've got left to play are the the other part time teams. Um, but to put you on the spot, Phil has already actually Phil. Before I do, before I put you on the spot, Phil, is there any questions you bring? Oh, thanks, Mike. Um, Graham, thank you so much. It's so interesting hearing you talk about um, and seasons gone in the last... You talked about the Liverpool game and it was just... I don't think that 3-0 was a true reflection from what I understand. It was um, the penalty that was given. I think it was um, a, a foul on Stengel she was going through, but it was it was just a 50-50 challenge. And it, to, be, to get a red card, I think it was a penalty and a red card or something, but... It just seemed so harsh, and it was, you know, it was to me. It wasn't even a foul, let alone a let alone a red card. But um, uh, but yeah, it was uh, it was. I'm I'm assuming that the the referee thought it was a goal goal scoring opportunity. But anyway, I just found it a, a very odd decision, and um, so I don't think you can really take much about that um yeah. about that score line. But you did draw two 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 with Sheffield, um, and I just wondered if you could just. Maybe talk about how did, were you at that game? Or did you have you seen that game since? So that you can, I mean, yeah. I know that you you were ahead yeah. twice, weren't you? Were ahead twice at that game, weren't you? Yeah, yeah, I was at that game. It was a it was a good game. It, it, it's kind of a, it feels like it could be potentially similar to to this one, um, in that both sides will have gone in thinking they could have won that game, um, and I think that that's what it's going to be like this Sunday. Yeah, I think. Um, we played we played quite well um, in in patches, but again they they did well. So there was they had their spells as well. So it was so it ended up probably being a fair result. Um, the pitch wasn't the best, but it, it does get work on it. Um, from we have like our Sunderland under twenty threes play there. Um, the the men's team, so it, there'll be work on it to make sure that it's okay for Sunday. Um, I think the weather hadn't been great at that point when that game was was played, so it wasn't the best. But um, yeah, um, Sheffield United was uh, twos each. Um, we took the lead a couple of times, but Sweetman Kirk, she she was excellent that day. Um, she was really really good. Um, she, to be fair, we could have potentially lost it. I think draw was probably the fair result, uh, but she was excellent. She got a couple of goals on the day. And we, we got away with one because she missed a penalty. Um, but yeah, I, I do feel as though it's going to be quite similar. Um, similar on Sunday, it could be quite an open game. 
Um, and I think one of you guys, I can't remember who mentioned it, I think the first goal is could could be important um, just for confidence, probably more so for you guys. Um, do you know, with you having like a couple of like quite difficult results recently, um, which I was really surprised to see, you know, uh, the scoreline. I think probably more so for you guys, you might want to not want to concede the first goal. Um, I think that we've had games this season where it's happened relatively regularly and we've just sort of, we've got really good attitude, the girls and They've just they've just gone over there, but maybe to our confidence might be a touch more fragile, possibly just for those results. So yeah, I, I totally agree with with what you're saying. I think if uh, first goal is going to be big, um, I think there's a good sides. I think we go in slightly as underdogs, obviously based on league position, um, but I think it should be a good team. I've not I've not checked the weather report out for the weekend, so I'm just hoping it's not going to be windy and we can see some nice football. Yeah, it was. Um, it's uh, hearing about you talking about the weather. I'm just really worried now. <laughs> it could be called off again, but I'm sure it'll be fine. I think actually, now that the three storms have all sort of passed through, I think I'm hope. I think I think the forecast is actually quite good this weekend. So for the whole of the UK, so I think we'd probably be uh, some more settled weather than we've had. So I think it, I'm I'm pretty confident that it'll be on and there won't be any problems. But um, yeah, the only yeah, other thing I. Well, I think your girls came up and got a great result against Durham recently, didn't they? A few weeks ago. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, know how to come up and get a, a good result. I mean, funny enough, actually, the the ground, Durham's ground, and the ground at Sunderland play at Abelden because Abelden's a Hetton Centre. It's called is actually outside of Sunderland. The, the two grounds are not actually far away from each other. If any of your fans are listening or on the recording, and um, so far, not particularly far, so sort of 10, 15 minutes drive between the two, actually, funny enough. I thought, <laughs> I thought I'd just bore you with a bit of geography there. Oh, uh, that's if interesting. Anybody, if anybody's on the way up, it must be one of the closest grounds between the championship sides, because, yeah, it's on the outskirts of Durham, well, Hetton, it's classed like outside of Sutherland, outskirts of Sutherland Stroke Durham, um, and then obviously Durham's ground is just right, literally just outside Durham, so it's, yeah, it's only another another sort of 10 minute drive on so your girls have gone up and got three points there already so hopefully we'll we'll play well and see if, if we can get some points at the weekend you know yeah i didn't realize they were that close that's interesting isn't it i know john who's um, listening in is uh, going to be at the game and he he lives in the northeast i think in that area so i know john will be there but um hopefully a few other palace fans might might be there as well but um i didn't realize they're only 15 minutes apart that's interesting um yeah, but yeah 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 and the, the other thing you know you talk you, you mentioned that Sunderland are a very young team and and i thought that was quite evident at selhurst in the first game because uh, there's so much energy. They're they're very quick and energetic. I mean, they covered the ground really quick. I mean, they gave it. We didn't get much time in the middle of midfield. I mean, I think most of the time we had to get it wide to get a bit of space because I think you were closing us down quite quickly. I think having having a young team probably means that you're you know you've got a lot of energy in the team, and that certainly came across at Selhurst. Um, so I think it, 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 we'll have to be up for that because of course. It, you know, we're going to have to match that that sort of work rate. I think that Sunderland put in certainly, what from what I remember of the game earlier in the season. Yeah, yeah, we've got to decide. It'll, it'll be interesting. Neve's probably one of our best players, Neve Heron, um, who you may may know something about. We were just listening in there before. 
Um, she, she's in like the England development squad, but she she normally plays in like a central midfield role with Emma Kelly, who was at Birmingham. Um, and yes, she's got low an absolute load of energy, um, but she may be playing centre half. But also, I'm not sure because I haven't had a chance to look with being at work this week whether we've managed to get that that red card rescinded. So I'm not sure whether she'll actually be able to play at the weekend. Um, I think if she doesn't play, that would be a big boost for you guys because um, she, she would be a big miss. Um, but yeah, there's other players in there as well who've got the energy. Obviously, Maria Ferrugia, she normally plays um, sort of off the front. Off, um, she's a um, Maltese international. Um, but then we've got some other young girls who uh, um, are in the England like under-18 squads. Um, and we've got the captain of the England under-18 team, um, Grace Seed. She's a really good player. She, she looks so young. I mean, she's 16, but she looks it. But she, when she's playing, she she's really, really good. She's, um, when we played Aston Villa, um, she came on for the last, I think it was 10 minutes or so, and she saw the little dummy into their fullback. I can't remember her name now. But the fullback, to be fair to her, she was like an experienced experienced player. <clears throat> she came back and she was having a laugh and joke on because she saw saw that such a good dummy. I don't think she was expecting it, you know. Uh, but yeah, there's loads there's loads of energy there, um, and, I, and I just think every game these girls play, it's it's going to be more experience for them. So next season, they'll have a season under the belt. Um, I can't believe how well they're doing. To be honest, I thought. Once we lost those two players, um, Ballard and because uh, she went over to play in Switzerland, um, and then the girl who was at Durham, Iris, the centre forward, when she was sort of left with injury. Once we left them, lost those two, I thought we were going to struggle. Um, but actually, it's given some of the younger girls because we have like a regional. I don't know how it works with Palace, but we have like a regional talent club where like young players come through. So what we've done is we've taken like three or four players from there. Um, and sort of integrated them into the squad. So um, it's the way we've had to do it for the reasons I said before. It's difficult to get anybody to come other than maybe try and bring people from Durham. Uh, but obviously they're reluctant because they want to obviously build a squad to try and get promoted. Um, but yeah, the, as in answer to your question, very youthful side. Um, there's some, possibly a couple of future stars there because obviously we've got a good reputation for some for bringing through oh. decent players. You have so yeah, so I think there's Neve certainly want to watch. Um, Grace Seed, she'd probably be on the bench, but she'll she'll likely come off the bench. Um, is is a very good player. Um, we've 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 got more. We've got an experienced centre half, Grace McCarthy, who used to be at Bristol City. She's a really good player, so she'll uh, she can sort of hold everybody together with her experience. And I hope Emma Kelly will be back as well. Because she's been injured, the girl who would go from Middlesbrough, um, she did use to play for Sunderland, uh, not Middlesbrough from Birmingham. Um, she did use to play for Sunderland prior to that. She's got a bit of experience, so hopefully she'll be back at the weekend as well. So yeah, there's plenty of energy. So hopefully we'll uh, we can make a game of it. Yeah, you're talking about some of the stars that have come through from Sunderland. It's amazing. It's like a roll call, isn't it, of some of the best players over the last 10 or 15. It's incredible because obviously Lucy Bronze, um, Beth Mead, I think, as well, came through yeah. Sunderland. Yeah, yeah she came through um, originally and then she was at Sunderland, yeah. 
Yeah. So did you manage were you what did you manage to see any of those players come through? Did you notice if you did, did you notice how good they were gonna be straight away? Do you know I I didn't my dad used has been gone for years. He lives very close to where the, uh, the ladies plays. He goes to watch the men's and women's team. But I've only just started watching the women's football over the last couple of years. So I haven't, unfortunately. Um, but I'm hoping that I'm going to see a few coming through from this side. Um, I've got to obviously see them when they've been playing for England, but they've kind of made it at that point. But um, my dad saw them when they were at, at, at Abledon. So he seems to think there's another few, few good ones coming through. Um, but yeah, yeah, they've got a they've got a reputation for it. So I think um, obviously when you're going to try and get a bit of sort of bit of foot foothold in things as well, shortly you now with them being taken over by the by the Saudis, so there could be some some good players coming from from the northeast again. Yeah, it'd be terrible if you lost some of your best players to Newcastle, wouldn't it? Let's face it. Yeah, we'll see, I mean... we'll see what happens with that. We'll see that. Oh. We've got a plan. We've said we've got a plan, but we haven't we haven't seen how that how that's going to work. But I suppose from our point of view, well, it's a bit different with the women's football. I just want there to be a professional team in the northeast again. So hopefully it'll be Sunderland. Well, hopefully it'll be Sunderland and Newcastle. But yeah, you don't want it to just be one club and then they hoover up all the all the talent. So fingers crossed, Newcastle can get on and do well because they're in tier four at the moment, um, and and we can we can do likewise. Because the same with Palace, ideally you want to have professionals, don't you? Yeah, I think we've been talking about that previously, me and Mike and, and, and some of the people that join us and um, it, it, to progress the game and to, to give the players what they deserve, um, we need to we need to have a full time top two tiers, really. I mean, um, and with all the all the benefits that that get, gets gets you, such as union membership and co-insurance and all those things, it's really important. Um, they deserve it, you know. Definitely. Yeah, so it's something that we've, we've talked about and I'm hoping that, you know, if some of that money from, from Sky and BBC for the TV rights filters through, I'm hoping that might just, and if we can get some more, um, we've been, as you as you know, Graham, we've been pushing for an equal FA Cup prize money um, because of how can you grow, a, grow without having the investment in the first place? It's yeah, sort of, definitely, you know, it's definitely making moves. Starting to move, make moves in the right direction, which is good. yeah, really important. But um, uh, I wish you, I wish you well, Graham. Thank you so much. Really enjoyed listening to you today. Um, I'll pass you back to Mike now in case there's any further questions. Oh, but it's been nice, it's been nice chatting to you, and it should be, oh, should be good. Yeah, thanks, Graham. Yeah, nice to speak to you. Thank you. Oh, I've just had to dash in and out the room then <laughs> to go past something else. Um. Well, right, what I was going to say before about put you on the spot, obviously Phil's given his, went straight in there with his prediction. Uh, no fence sitting for him, it's a long standing joke now. Uh, <laughs> Graham, what would you what would you say, is, where do you think the scoreline is going to go Sunday? Oh, do you know what, my predictions this season have been terrible, but do you know the last few weeks have been really good? So I feel as I've put myself under pressure. I think the first few weeks were just horrendous, but now I'm feeling as well. Uh, yeah, I, I got the Sheffield, I got the, the Birmingham all right. I think this one, I'm, I'm thinking a draw, um, either 1-1 one, one or 2-2. Two, two. I'm going to go ones each. I'm going to go ones each. 
Interesting, interesting. Uh, yeah. I'm. I think they're tight. Normally, I think, but Sunderland games tend to be tight, and there's be a lot of goals normally. So, I'll go with that. That's just messed up. What I'm about to say. Because <laughs> 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 I was going to say, I'm going, I'm going to go for three two, three two oh, to yeah. Palace. Yeah. Um, I mean, the old tagline we always say: we don't keep clean sheets. So you'll score. There's a guarantee that you'll score. Um, I think, as you both yourself and Phil said, the first goal is key. Um, we need to get it. I think. I think we just need to remind ourselves, get it, get that leading feeling back again. You know, the bit of control. Um, yeah. I think if we go one down after recent weeks, you just worry. Whether it just you know, as I say, we, we went one down against the run of play, in my opinion, against London, London City, and then all of a sudden we're 3 0 down, you know, and the game's half gone. Um, well, you're, but... you're, you're a good side, though, you're just in bad form at all. I mean, anybody who goes to Durham and wins, they're a good side. I mean, I'll, I'll, go, I'll go to watch Durham a little bit where I can if Sunder and away. Um, and yeah, if you go there and win, you're doing well. I watched them get beat up at, at Bristol. But to be fair, that was never a three nil game. Um, uh, Bristol still had to work really hard for it. So yeah, so you're a good side. You're a good side, just in a bit of bad form, aren't you? Yeah, well, we, we've done a double over them, as I like yeah. to mention in every single pub we do. So there you go. There you go. Our manager will know it's going to be a hard game. We, I'm going to go at that match, knowing it's going to. If we're going, if we're going to win that game, we're going to, um, you know, so. Yeah. Yeah, you're a good side. Um, so you're just, just not in form at the moment. So that's why I think both sides are going to target this to, to get some points back on the board, I think. Yeah, absolutely. And as I say, I think, I think Coral will score a penalty if we get a penalty in the game. And I think Millie Farrow will get two for us, um, who obviously we'll be talking about a bit later on here. Um, I don't know whether you're able to stay with us for a bit longer uh, or if you need to go off and put yourself through the men's team playing. Um, <laughs> I've got to, I just finished work not that long ago on, so I'm going to go and get some tea in there and listen to the, yeah, listen to the men's team, see how we'll get on. But um, I'm sure obviously the rest of the show will be a good one. And uh, yeah, I've, I've really enjoyed coming on. No, we've, we've, we've enjoyed it. Um, it's always great. That's it. Yourself, Rich, who's been on before, um, when you guys come on, it, it's... I think it, I mean, it massively, massively enhances the pod. I mean, Shahan we had as well the other week from Bristol. Um, yep. Another fan is very passionate. Um, yeah, it's nice but, when people want. I always when you get an opposition fans for you because you've got that. You know, maybe it's a few players you didn't know quite as much about, and a little bit, a little bit more information about the form and stuff. So, it's, no, appreciate when you guys come on to, our, to ours as well. So, uh, it's really. Really good. I'm sure Rich might be in touch as well when we talk when we're talking about the the, the game next week on the Monday. Uh, we tend to talk like do a little review of the game as well, so we might be in touch. But no, I've really enjoyed it. It's been good, good guys. And uh, I was, was going to say good luck for the season, other than other than this uh, Sunday, yeah. <laughs> and to you, that's <laughs> good. It's been good speaking, you guys. Cheers, thanks for coming on, Graham. Really appreciate it. No, oh, you're welcome. Bye. All right, you take care, mate. Bye. Bye-bye. Right, you there, Phil? I am, yeah. That's really interesting hearing Brian, wasn't it? What a lovely Absolutely. guy. And 
And um, just hearing about um, some of the players that you mentioned, I mean, they are they they've got they've got history of bringing players through over the years, outstanding talent, you know. And I would not be surprised if some of these young players come through and they they sort of really make a, a you know make, make in, in women's football because they've got that um, they've got that history of doing that. Um, the only problem they might have, of course, is now that Newcastle have got all the um, and you know it will be very interesting given the link with Saudi Arabia and you know what what we know about. Um, uh, how women are treated in that country it'll be very interesting to see now um that they're probably going to throw everything at them just to make a point i suppose so because they've got the money and they can do it so um just hoping that they don't just give newcastle a place in the championship next season if they just throw money at it i hope they have to work their way from the fourth tier up um and they don't just sort of chuck them in and give them but basically, a, 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 a foot up into the women's super league because they've got the money to do that, um, and that, that that could impact on Sunderland as well, being in the same sort of um, catchment area for some players. So yeah, I've got a lot of time for Sunderland, and I thought they were absolutely amazing um, for first season in the championship. I know they've got great history and been in the super league and getting to cup finals and things over the years, but. Um, this team being their first season in the championship, they've done absolutely incredibly, really. Um, when you consider that they, them and Watford came up and the difference between the two, I think, is I think Sunderland are a very, very good team. Be a really difficult game for us. But yeah, great to hear Graham talking and um, got a lot of time for Sunderland and the, and, and the way that they've uh, promoted women's football over the years. Absolutely. Um, I've, I, I think it's a joy when I come on. Um, Really good to listen to, um, and you know we, we are finding we, we'll, we get more people in the pod as well, uh, which is always handy. But it, yeah, I, I always enjoy again. It's that the passion hearing the passion from the other fans. Um, we, that's what you want to hear, and we're here to learn, aren't we? Because it's it's hard to find the information about other players because there's just so little coverage in the women's game currently that you you know whereas. You can't feel comfortable with, with the men's Premier League, for example, or even the Championship. Chances are you know about a large percentage of the players because it's there all the time, isn't it? That information is everywhere. Whereas in the women's game, it, it, it really isn't. So it's it's always so much better when we can get someone on from your position to come on and talk about the club and, you know, because so much more than we, than we would ever know. We kind of just have to look at stats and guess a little bit. Um fantastic just and I think sadly just briefly on um, the Newcastle point the concern with that is the precedent's already been set because United were allowed to come from non-existent straight into the championship um, and then straight up into the WSL so there is there has been a previous example of it unfortunately but hopefully that won't be the case um, obviously We've got two other topics we want to talk to, but Ben, you've requested to speak. So, Mike, can you hear me? Yeah, can hear you, mate. All right, another podcast that I'm really, really interesting to listen to. Uh, um, I, I think I don't know how much you want to get into. Uh, was it Graham who mentioned about the, the Saudi public investment fund money going into Newcastle? Right. Um, I think that 
that is, I don't know how much you want to get into this now, I'll be as brief as possible. So Phil picked up on a point about women's situation in Saudi Arabia. This is something which, a topic which I don't want to go into too much now because it's your podcast. It is something I've looked into quite a lot. The only thing I'd say for now is that going back to our previous podcast about funding for women's football and what we were saying last time about whether we value 50% of the population or not, I understand there are concerns about all sorts of issues in the trees. Among those are women's position in Saudi Arabia and some of the other Arab countries. I think the best thing we could continue to do is look at our own countries in terms of our funding for women's sports and all sorts of other issues to do with domestic violence, um, women's equal opportunities, the way women are treated when they fall pregnant, the way they get treated in the workplace when that happens. I know that there's supposed to be laws in place, things like that. These problems occur everywhere. My experience of visiting the Arab countries is that the people there are willing to discuss all of this, but not on the basis that we are perfect where we are. And which I know Phil wasn't suggesting, nor nor was anyone suggested that. Um, I would give my opinion. Saudi Arabia is a long-time ally of this country. Now, we we do have concerns about a number of countries that we have quite close relations with in terms of political free free speech, things like that. I would say that the process of change in terms of women's position and women playing sports, that has been a genuine change in Saudi Arabia since King Abdullah took over in 2005, um, 2002, excuse me. Um, And he died in 2015. Um, And in the last particularly since 9-11, since 2001, when King Fahad was still alive, that since 9-11, they had had to have a long, hard look at all sorts of issues in Saudi Arabia. And one of these is women's situation that they have looked at. I think Saudi Arabia women played their first international match against Seychelles just the other night, 20th, I think Sunday. And I would say... um, King Abdullah announced in 2011 that women could vote in the kingdom. There there are no national elections in Saudi Arabia, but there are other regional elections. Um, And by the time King Abdullah died in 2015, he had set the country on a path to reform, which was a genuine attempt to address some of the issues, social issues. That doesn't make it a perfect country. And of course, there may be no such thing as a perfect country, but I do think they are genuinely trying to reform where they can reform, bearing in mind that the population are quite are more conservative than their rulers, the opposite to Iran where the rulers are more conservative than the population. Saudi Arabia, a lot of the people are more traditional um, and conservative than the rulers. But I do think there's and there is a genuine attempt uh, to reform, including by embracing sports. Thanks very much as ever, guys. Yeah, no worries, Ben. We're always happy to, to hear what we've got to say. Um, 
You always bring up a lot of great, valid stuff. Obviously, there's a massive, massive subject there um, that is not really something we can start going into now. Um, so, obviously, you know, I know exactly where you're coming from. Um, but if you don't mind, what we'll probably do is we'll try and keep it to the topics that we've got planned. Um, just because you know it's it's a very very <laughs> very detailed in yeah. depth subject. Yeah, thank you. Cheers, Ben. Um, right, Phil, want to do Millie Farrow discussion first, or do you want to do the discussion first? Should we talk about the wonderful Millie Farrow? I think she's you know I think she deserves to go first, really, doesn't she? The way she's uh, she's settled in this season. Depends on whether you look at it as saving the best till last. Oh, yeah, you could say that. We'll put it that way around, <laughs> couldn't you? Let's do best, best till last. We'll end on the, the positive. Okay. Um, so like I've asked and then I've just done, and then said the completely opposite anyway. It's like my, I've just done what my parents always used to do when I took me to a shop. Pick anything you want and then I pick something and they said no. <laughs> I've just done the same thing. Um briefly look at the, the, the balance, league balance. Um, the reason I put it in there today uh, was because I just, I, I feel, I said it on the pod a couple of weeks ago when we had your hand off to the Bristol game that I felt transfer window was going to change the la- the, fo- the landscape of the, of the league because obviously we were flying top three. We are like the party poopers up there a bit. Uh, party crashes, so I say. Um but I felt that with the moves that some of the teams have made, the, the, the full-time teams were having to go out and, and improve because a lot of them were not having the seasons they were expected to be having. Um, and I think all of a sudden, in the space of a couple of weeks, we've seen that change. And now when you look at the table, uh, the top five, Liverpool, London City, Durham, uh, Charlton, sadly, <laughs> and um, Bristol are all up there. Lewis is just behind us, and obviously we know Coventry situation. So five of the seven uh, full-time teams are, are the top five in the league. Six are in the top seven. Um, and I kind of feel that's... It makes me think of, you know, in the, the Scottish the Scottish Premiership, they do, uh, on the men's side, they they get to a certain amount of games and then they draw a line through the middle of the table and the teams in the top half just play each other and the teams in the bottom half just play each other. Um, which is designed to do, to be for, um, I think just to make it more competitive. But I kind of feel the league's done that a little bit now. Because um, I, I, what I wanted to talk about it is because I think it just highlights for me, one of the issues with the championship at the moment and where there needs to be change going forward if we want this league to be something that's going to grab the attention of the casual viewer because that is who we need to start getting hold of. If we want the women's game to continue to grow and we want to prove to all these people who go, oh, you need the, you need the TV viewers, you need the fans in the stands, all this kind of thing. If we want to get that, if we want to prove to people, look, this is the game you want to, you know, we need to get behind this this game. Um, you need to present a package that is going to grab their attention. 
Um, and I look at the championship, and, and it is it is to a degree a very league. Um, but when I look at it, I think well, Liverpool are ten points clear at the top. The one and only promotion spot is all but done already. Um, and then now it's just now you look at it and you think, well, it's just going to probably end up being the top half of the table is all you know is all the the full time clubs, and then the bottom half of the table is all the part time clubs. Um, and I, I feel it's just a little bit damaging because for the likes of ourselves, for Sunderland, for Sheffield United, I mean, Sheffield United, this is probably the worst season they've had since we've been up. Um, they're normally they're a very strong team, but where does that get you in the end? I mean, you look at this, you know, we, we went into the Christmas, we only lost two games in the whole of the season. We were unbeaten in seven, we had four wins in a row, and all of a sudden we're sixth. Um, and I just feel it, that is obviously I know going, the club's going full time that's down to well, we need Super Parish to put his finger out for ourselves um, but I just wanted to discuss and see your, your opinions Phil on on that fact that the league is I, I feel slightly it's lost its luster a little bit because the excitement of us being up there is gone and I now look at it and think, oh, God, it's just a predictable, predictable league. Um, I just wondered what your thoughts were on it. Well, yeah, I agree with you. I mean, I think Liverpool being 10 points clear, I mean, it's all over as far as the ship is concerned because they won't, even if even if one of the teams below them won every game, Liverpool won't drop the points now to be caught. So, um, I mean, London City are second. They have got a game in hand, so that might be down to seven points if they were to win that. But even then, I can't imagine Liverpool going to drop seven points now between now and the end of the season. So I think we can safely say that Liverpool will be promoted. Uh, and yeah, I mean, all the teams around us um, are all full-time, which, you know, again, just shows how amazingly we've done this season against that sort of um, opposition and, the and you know, playing against full-time teams. Not just about enticing some of the better players. Um, I think our players are as good as many um, of the full-time players. It's just the, um, it's just the preparation for games and the, and, 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 and all the, you know, you, you, their job is to play football and they, and that is, that is what they do. Whereas um, all our players have got a, another job, a full-time job in most cases. And, um, and uh, so they um, don't have the, the time. Um, they obviously, um will feel more tired um, because they've done a day's work and then they have to go training in the evening, whereas the other teams will probably be training during the day and then they've got the evening off. So the commitment that the Palace women and the, and the other teams that are not full-time have to put in, it takes over their life, basically. They, they will have to um, live um, being a footballer before anything else, really. Um, so outside of day job, they, 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 the rest of their time around football, it's going to be training four nights a week, preparing for games, eating the right things, you know, not being able to go out and party, all things that, you know, most young people would want to do. Um, and so the commitment's amazing. And, and, I, and, that, and that's why I think it's really important that Palace do, um, back these pe these players because they so deserve it you know they've actually the, the i would actually say palace finishing in the top four this season would be a bigger achievement than any of those professional teams winning the league that that's that's what it would be it would be an a, such a if we were to finish above 
three other full-time teams um, and finishing the top four, that would be the biggest achievement out of the whole league, you know. And um, uh, but obviously that won't be seen uh, teams because of course we would have come fourth or whatever, and Liverpool would have won the league. And so it's all about Liverpool, isn't it? Because they've won the league. But the the advantage they've got is so great, and and the other teams that are full time, that the biggest achievement would be ours actually if we were to finish in that top four in the top four. Um, we talked about the playoffs, didn't we? Before, um, whether or not, I mean, yeah. can you imagine? Because if you look at the league now, we're sixth and we're four points behind second place. So, so London City, uh, four points ahead of us now. If we if there were playoffs, um, the interest would go all the way down to eighth place with Sheffield. Um, with 20 points, we've got 24, Lewis have got 20. I mean, um, you know, the the top eight would have would have an awful lot to play for if there was a second place through the playoffs going up. So, yeah, I mean, when you look at the league, um, it, it is split into really with the full-time teams. There's nothing you can do about that unless you, unless you make the league a full-time league, which I think it has to be the future. Um, it would level the playing field a little bit more and actually give the players what they deserve, which will be flatus and all the benefits that that will give them. Um, but um, but I think uh, having having uh, you know we've talked about an increased number of teams in the championship and the, and the women's super league. I think that's got to be something that's got to be it's got to happen in the future. I've heard that there's no plans to change that for next season, but maybe the season after. I think that's too late. I think there's you know. I think they should be looking to change that more quickly than that. Um, so it looks like the, the leagues are going to be 12 and 12 again, uh, 12 teams in each next season, which I think is a shame. Um, but yeah, can you imagine if we had 16 teams and then two went up and the second was was a playoff between the, the, the second and fifth place teams? That would just be amazing. Um, and it would add so much interest right up to the end of the season. Um, so yeah. That, but I agree with everything you said, Mike. I mean, it's just our achievement, though. I, mean, I, I, I try and look at this as where we are um, as a football club against the, you know, we we are sitting in the top seven with all the other teams around us full time. We are the only non non full time team in the top seven of that division, um, which is just incredible, really. Yeah, absolutely. You're right. About you know if we've got top four, I mean that is that is by far out, outstrips what any of the full time teams would have done if they'd have finished top. Um, hundred percent agree with you on that. And you are right about obviously you know we are the one part time team in there in that top seven. I think what it is, I'm sorry, and again with the playoffs, and we've we've said it many times, we'll continue to say it. It, it oh God, the league needs it um, because you're right, it would. There'd be it would keep all the way to the end of the season. It'd go down to the last couple of games. Everything you know, most of that league would be alive with something to play for um, instead of it already being or just playing for places. Really, um, I think where it, it kind of feels frustrating for myself um, is we've such a great season. Even you know the last couple, last couple of weeks. The results haven't been great, but we've had a great season. We've had the best season we've ever had. We've already beaten our highest points total, which we achieved last year. We're four points ahead of that. We've still got another seven games to play, I believe. Um, so you'd like to think that we're well and truly 
be that. Um, but our position is seventh, which we got last season with the 20 points. And we've got it the season before when they did the, the points per games thing to, the, to finish off the season because COVID ended it early. Um, and I just, it, what's frustrating is after everything we've done this season, how well we've played double over Durham, I keep mentioning it. Um, you know, seven unbeaten, four wins in a row, all, all that we've done. And all of a sudden, the, the, there's every chance that despite all of that, we'll end up, finish, you know, we'll end up finishing the same position again when the work we've put in and everything that we've done this season deserves for me deserves better than that but because the imbalance in the league there's every chance that you know we'll end up finishing seventh and that's just frustrating because this season I feel we should we should we deserve to finish higher than that obviously I know at the end of the day the results you know the table tells its, its own story at the end but I kind of feel it's met. It's the imbalance between the full time and the part time manufactures that a little bit um, because it, when, as you get into the, this second half of the season and the crux of it, the, the players, the teams that are full time, they're going to have the freshness, fitness levels, the crispness, the sharpness over the part time teams. So that's probably why that's why I wanted to bring it up a little bit. It's just a bit of personal frustration that. Um, as I say, we everything we've done so far, how well we've played. You're right; we're only four points off of blue off of second currently, but we're suddenly sitting sixth. And Lewis, I think I've got a game in hand. You know that win, and that, that would be seventh. And we're looking at the same position that we've um, been in previously. Um, so that's that's probably where, for me, just I look at it and think, oh, damn it. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's you know it's it's been a frustrating few weeks because we did we were doing so well. I was actually looking forward to the women's games more than watching the men actually, and and that's saying something because under Patrick Vieira, the, the Palace men have been a great great watch. I mean, they you know it's been really entertaining. I think apart from maybe the last couple of games against Brentford and uh, Chelsea, but um, we've, we we it's been a really entertaining. And I, I've actually been looking at the games over the weekend and and I'm really looking forward to the women's games more um, because we've just been amazing and we have we've played so well, scored some crack it, amazing goals. If you if you, if you put the sort of top ten goals of the season, that they, they they would all be like amazing goals from the from from the Palace women because we have scored some some incredible goals this season. Um, and um, uh, the, the problem, of course, is um, that we've got the worst goals against in the league, and we've conceded thirty two goals, um, which is more than any other team. Even the bottom two have only conceded thirty one. So um, that's where our issues are obviously and uh, you know we 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 like you said earlier you know we go into games expecting to concede goals that's not a good platform is it to start a match when you think we're going to concede at this some point in the game doesn't give uh, the team confidence if that's the case and um and we're the third highest scorers um uh, behind uh, Bristol City and Liverpool, um, but we've we've conceded more goals than any other team in the Championship. So, 
you know, unless we sort the unless we sort out the goals against Column uh, and improve on that side of things, we're not going to be able to finish as high as we think we probably deserve, unfortunately. But so that's something that I'm sure Dean's working on. Um, and we've talked about conceding goals from set pe- set pieces, especially corners. Um, and again, that's been a problem, that, you know, this season as it was last. Um, so yeah, there's some work still to do. But again, you know how. There's only so many hours in the day for training because, of course, these these players are not full time. They haven't got all day to, to to work on defending corners and things. So, again, that's a, that's a massive dis- disadvantage that we've got over the over the other teams. So the only way we really really can compete, I mean, I don't think any non-professional team has got promoted in the last five years from the championship. I think they've all been professional, haven't they? Villa, Tottenham, um, West Ham. And Man United, yeah. Now Liverpool are going to go Leicester. up. So. Leicester. And Leicester. So, yeah, I mean, you know, unless you're full-time, you're not going to compete in that division at the top um, for the whole season. It's going to catch up on you like it has with us um, so far this season. But, you know, all, all credit. To, for us to, to, to be the third-highest goal scorers um, is incredible, really. It just goes to show how attractive we play, the, the way we play is because... Um, as I say, you know, I've, I've actually been looking forward to watching the women more than the men this season um, because of the way that we play, and I expect us to score great goals. I mean, we've some of the some of our goals this season have just been absolutely amazing. Um, great team goals, great individual goals. Um, so yeah, I mean, um, and you know, we've got great goal scorers in the team, haven't we? With Millie, which we'll talk, we'll talk about in a minute, and also we've got Shiv, who scored a lot of goals. Coral as well. Um, not only scores a few, but she's uh, assists an awful lot of the goals. So we've got, um, and last year B was on fire and scored loads, and she's starting. She's, you know, she scored a couple now this season, so she's hopefully going to get some more confidence. So we, we you know, we've, um, we've, uh, and I think actually um, Molly came third in the in the goal of the month for Palace, including all the goals, men, academy and everything else. So her goal um, away at Durham, uh, you know, was the third, third in that. And when you consider the goal that won it was the winner, was the goal, uh, the the goal that we scored from Conor Gallagher at Brighton, um, the, the great team goal. Um, for her to come third just goes to show what a great finish that was with, with her left foot. So going forward, we've been brilliant. But I guess, you know, and until we stop conceding those goals, we are never going to be able to really push on and finish where I think we probably deserve, which is in the top four. Yeah, 100%. We definitely, our first two seasons, we struggled but defensively and offensively. Um, we, we struggled for goals the first two seasons. But the last two, we've, you know, with all the work that Dean and his staff have put on, with the training and and the, all the work that the players have put in, we we are so much more of a better prospect going forward, which is why we, we you know we I think we were fifth high scorers in the league last season. As you say, we're third currently this season. It, it, you're right; it's just at the back every year. We've been I think in the previous seasons, the only team worse than us and can see the team that's bottom. Well, last year it was it was. The bees and um, oh god, who I trying to think who came, who came second bottom. Oh, I think it's Coventry. Coventry, uh, they, yeah, they were the only. It was those two who had worse than us. I think they conceded like fifty something each. 
Um, I mean, we scored half of those against the Bees. <laughs> Every time we played them, we scored at least five. <laughs> we played them four times that season. Um, but yeah, so it, yeah, you, it is it is at the bag, and it isn't easy because well, sorry, for reasons we've already discussed um, with the part time. Um, but hopefully Sunday we'll we'll get the result up at Sunderland. We can get a nice little win up there. Get the confidence back, get ourselves going, and um, I think if we can get if we can breach thirty points this season, it would just be phenomenal. Um, real, real step up. Um, so fingers crossed. And we've got the games we've got left are the are you know they're the kind of games where we we need we should be looking at doing that. Um, so fingers crossed. Although I do remember, I think it was after the Durham one, uh, no yeah. Liverpool after the Liverpool pod. On the Liverpool, after Liverpool game on our pod, where you said you thought we wouldn't lose for the rest of the season, so if you could not predict that again, that's <laughs> <laughs> a bit be lovely. Because, yeah, oh. yeah. Let, <laughs> um, but let, let's end on a on a positive note, and that is Billy really Farrow, um, who joined us from Leicester in the summer, um, and I. I think I've mentioned the pod before, but when she was in, announced, I messaged the Leicester supporters group to ask about many because again, this is the thing: there's, there's so little information about players that when we sign people, you, you just know nothing, and it's hard to find out where. How do you get to know anything about the players? Because um, we're not getting it's not like we get sit down interview videos or anything to learn that way, you know. And um, information just seems to be so scarce. Um, and they said that you know there's, there's a really good she's, she's a really good striker. Uh, she was just unfortunate last season that they already had two strikers who were in a rich vein of form who dominated those those starting spots, um, which meant Millie missed out. And I, I think you can see that. I think you know when you watch her play, the, the, the determination, the hunger, the desire. Is you know full up, up full dial every time she plays. I mean, um, she's a real game changer. Definitely, she's our, she's she's our best striker at the club now. I think she's taken that spot in terms of the actual central because obviously B is playing out out on the right. She plays it out on the left. Um, but I think at the moment that's that lead strike role is, is Millie's. Um, you can just see it. You look at the Liverpool game, for example, where she came on at half time and how we played second half. We had a threat, even though in the end it didn't amount to much. We we had a threat, we had an outlet, we had um, that. I keep saying it that, but like, like aggressive pace about her, you know, drive the way she chases, chases players down, chases the ball down, puts the pressure on. Um, and it's no coincidence that after the, you know, Lewis Kelsey second half against Lewis, we were excellent. But the first half struggle and then the game at Bristol where we didn't have a single shot or a corner. Um, Millie was back fit, started the Leicester, the, the Lionesses game and we were a different team. Uh, obviously, you know, there were some other changes as well, but just with that focal point, um, that was there for for B and and, and Shiv to to look through because I mean the, her goal was um, a lovely little through ball from B 
and it must be it must make life so much easier when you've got that that focal point. Um, and yeah, I, I just think she's been fantastic this season. And, and just to throw in a couple of stats, a little bit of stats because obviously that's what I do. Um, Millie's she's had seven starts this season, and she's got five substitute appearances. Um, she scored five. Her first was ironically against. Or sorry, her first was against Sunderland. That's it. Um, she scored against Durham at home. She then got two against Charlton at home a week later. And obviously, on last Sunday, she scored against the Lionesses. She could have had a hat trick. Um, on another day, you know, a, a slightly higher flick over some of that, and she'd have had a hat trick against the Lionesses. Um, constant threat and. I think what again, what really stood out for her, this is possibly where the benefit of she's come from Leicester, who were full time, um, and I believe before Leicester she was at another WSL team, um, and I think where you can see the pitch is having been out for a couple of weeks injured, um, she came in and we were all thinking that inevitably she'd have to go off because of just you know recovery fitness wise. Played the whole ninety minutes non-stop, never stopped running, never seemed to tire, never seemed to fade. Um, I think that you know she is a, a double figures striker, hundred um, percent. I think she she could do it the rest of the games. Most of those against other part-time teams. I think she could get double figures this season, um, and I think hopefully, fingers crossed, we keep her in the summer and next season. If she starts most games, I think again, double figures are massive. You know, are, are, are there for her. she's a, a very, very good striker. Yeah, I agree with all of that. Um, she's got that. She's got that. Um, she's got that awareness of making the right runs to find that space in the in 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 the one place where it's difficult to find space, which is in the penalty area. You know, she she get the number of times she finds herself one on one with a keeper, you know, if we can find the right pass, she's always got that she her movement in the box is so good that she's always got that sort of um ability to find space in the tightest of, of positions and get a shot away. And you know, she was a little bit unlucky against London City because um you know, I think you know, just coming. She was just coming back from injury, so um, I, I, I think if it was a couple of games in, I think she would have probably finished those. I think that yeah, maybe a little bit of sharpness because you, it's all about match fitness as well, isn't it? I mean, coming back from that, from that, from missing a few games, and then, but she she finished really well, like you say, B, great pass from B, but she found herself again, as she does, making those runs to find a bit of space in the box. And then she just slotted it past the keeper. Yeah. She, she's what what she gives us is just that little bit of extra movement, I think. Um, uh, and we've got players that can find her because she's, um, you know, we fortunately we've got some we've got some good players around her in attack in attacking positions that can find her in that in those in that space. But what I'm really impressed with is that she's her confidence at finishing with both feet. Because if you look at that Charlton game. The first goal that she scored was um, a cutback from, um, I think it was from Coral, um, yeah. went around the keeper, pulled it. She just slotted it in first time. Great finish with someone. You know, I think there were two players on the goal line and she slotted it right in the corner with her right foot. 
And then the, the second goal against Charlton was when she ran through one-on-one. It was a defensive mistake and she, she pounced on it and she went around the keeper on, a, on the left side. And then she, again, there was a player on the line, two players on the line. Two. And she yeah. just blasted, blasted it in from a tight angle on her left foot. So, I mean, the way I've always thought, if you if you can finish on both sides, it's very difficult to defend against because you can go either way, you know, um, to get a shot away. Um, so much easier to defend someone who's all predominantly one-footed. Um, and Abby Harrison scores goals with both feet for Bristol City. And I think Millie's sort of the same sort of player. You know, she's able to just finish on both, on both equally good on both sides very difficult to play against because you don't know which way she's going to go but I, th- I think um it's her tenacity as well the way that she never gives up and she's always putting players under pressure she's always on the move makes a massive difference when you've got someone up front like that because energy to the rest of the team you know they because she's a front player everyone's behind her looking they can see her um and they can see see what she's doing and it and it, and it, and it means everyone else sort of pushes on and closes down and she's she's just an amazing player um I, I think she took a few weeks to settle because I, I think at the beginning of the season I, I think I think like like anyone probably moving into a new club it does sometimes take a little bit of time um to settle in and and and, and find your feet because of the, the way different different ways of playing that that team um but uh, it didn't take her long and then once she sort of once she sort of found her feet and she was she settled in the team, she's just been incredible. And when you consider that how many starts she's had and she scored five goals, um, I know um, I know that you know um, she might have scored a couple of goals. I think coming off the bench, but even so, her record's really good. Um, you're quite right. She was in the Women's Super League before Leicester. She was at Reading, um, so she played Reading for a couple of years, then Leicester, and then came to us. So she's got great pedigree, and she's she's she started out at Chelsea, and she's uh, she's been at Bristol City as well. So she's been around some of the top clubs, and um, uh, obviously, you know, is a top top player. Fortunate to have someone like that. I mean, gosh, how did we manage to get her? I mean. Um, there must have been other clubs, full-time clubs that are interested. I can't believe it. I mean, we're so fortunate, aren't we? What a player. She's just been an absolute dream this season, I think. Great player to watch. Yeah, you're right. And you're right, it, it did take a few games. I think, obviously, adjusting as well from the full-time setup and everything at Leicester must have been to take, you know, to then come to us, us with the, the four evenings a week training and stuff. Um, would have taken... Along with the different area and all that, it would have taken some adjustment. I, I kind of feel like, felt the Durham home game was not the icebreaker, but that was the that was the one where it, it clicked. Do you know what I mean? And it just she really kicked on from there. Um, and the connection with the fans as well started in that game. And obviously, we've. Um, We've been in two of her <laughs> her uh, videos after games, um, celebrating and that, and you know the the passion and that is just phenomenal. And my worry would be whether we can keep. I don't know if it's just a one year deal she's on. Um, I'd assume so. Um, but obviously it would be whether we can keep her beyond this season. Um, fingers crossed because obviously. Players like Millie and, and Coral and Shiv and B, and, you know, they're players that we want to keep building on. Um, and when I look at it, I think 
because Coral, I think, is still possibly leading the way with assists in the league because he's on seven now. Um, and when you've got someone like that playing behind, and then you've got the trickery and ability of, of Shiv and being on the wings, if you get that front, that four consistently playing with each other, then the chances are going to keep coming for Millie. And she's a finisher. You know, that's why I say, I, I, you know, I think she can get double figures this season. Um, I think if we can keep her, plays every, you know, is a regular starter next season. I think it's, again, double figures. She's, you know, a real, real talent, as you say. You know, we're so lucky to have, have picked up. And everybody, we, we've done, the, the, a lot, all the business we've done this summer, uh, or last summer, was some real great business. Um, but definitely, definitely out. Um, and obviously, goals, when you strike, everyone remembers goals, don't they? Um that's why normally I'm like an advocate for defensive midfielders and stuff because they're the players that kind of silently do really, really key job in the team. But um, yeah, Millie has definitely, you know, started to light the fire a bit there, and I think she can really tear it up. She can, she's fit for the rest of the season. I think she'll start probably every game the rest of the season, and um, she's got. She needs to be eight. To be our top scorer in this league in the in the single season, it was big. Speed got eight last year, um, and that was a record. So she needs to get at least nine. This record, um, and she's more than capable of doing it. You know, um, so yeah, what a player! What a player! It's, it's great to have her here, and um, hopefully, she she realizes that we all. <laughs> she's a great player um, and you know yeah feels, feels part of the, of the Palace family which we, which we always want all of our players to do um, and long may continue and so hopefully I'm right and she gets two this, this week and I love it Hattrick would be nice but I don't want to get greedy <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah so, you know if she, if, I'd love if she got there and if she bagged a winner I can imagine the celebrations. So, um, no, great, great addition to the squad. And, you know, it's been really great to get to see her play this season. Yeah, she's absolutely just what we, what we needed. Um, you know, we've had, um, we've had some good, really good players that we've really cherished playing for Palace. You know, I think Nikita was a fan's favourite um, before she left. And she's, um, I think she's now just signed for someone else, isn't she? Hashtag yeah, hashtag United. United. yeah. She made a date um, in the cap the other day. Yeah, yeah. Nikita was a big fan. Um, and then we had um, uh, Sherelle Cassell, um, uh, who was a fantastic player and uh, is, is playing more locally now down on the south coast. Um, but um, but we've, we've had... Yeah, so we've had some, yeah, um, and Gemma, of course, was just like phenomenal, wasn't she, in, in the lower leagues when we were in, in the third tier. She scored so many goals, incredible goal-scoring record. Gemma's training with um, Millwall now. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, we've had some fantastic players and um, forwards over the years, and uh, we've continued it with Millie, you know, and she's just been incredible. I'd be absolutely astounded if she doesn't, hit nine goals this season now considering that we played the top three basically the top three clubs haven't we um 
Uh, actually, the top four, I suppose. Yeah, yep. if you count Dur- Durham, Bristol City, um, Liverpool, and um, Lionesses. And, and Lionesses, yeah. So, uh, given who we're playing, and no disrespect to them, um, I'd, I'd expect it to be able to score um, easily nine goals to be our top league goal scorer at this level ever. Um, I'd be amazed if she doesn't. The only thing that could possibly stop her is injury. Um, let's hope that she stays fit and can do that. But yeah, what a, what a great player. And just, the energy that she provides to the team just bounces off on other players, I think. And it just, it just gives us a, a more vibrant performance usually um, when she's playing. Um, I just think she's great, yeah. Um, yeah, can't say any more than that. has been an incredible signing. I think just something you mentioned that I did, I, I meant to say earlier, and I completely forgot. <laughs> I said, Come here, I'm getting older. Um, was with Shirelle because Shirelle was a great little player for us up front. Um, and last season, you know, while B was storming it, Shirelle checked him with five goals, but it's also her performances. She's so tricky. She's so difficult for defenders to, to have to deal with. Um, and I know you and I were both gutted when she left in the summer. Um, and replacing her was key and we've managed to do that not only that but probably I don't say outbreaks it's not fair but do you know what I mean we've 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 we've, we've replaced it with an, another quality player who you can see is probably another step ahead um and you know that's that's, that's some great bit, bit of business from from Dean and the team I'll, I'll be interested to see how you know that came about. Um, who identified Millie as, a, as a, an option, and, and, and how the move came about. Um, I was sponsored by all of us in the lo- in the loyal, or some some of us in the loyal <laughs> this season as well. So uh, that's handy. That's worked out because <laughs> something worse if you sponsor a striker and they don't score all season, um, which is the kind of thing I normally do. We we are aware I'm like the hex of. Uh, Sponsorship with players. <laughs> uh, so I apologise to Hannah now for this season. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, yeah. I mean, as you say, I mean, what else do you say? She's been fantastic this season. Um, and there's been so many great elements for, for, throughout the squad with players and, and all the work they've put in. Um, but yeah, I just wanted to, you know, take the opportunity to just kind of discuss the impact that she's had because I think it's been a big one and. Hopefully, we'll continue to be that this season. And as you say, you know, should hit nine. I think should hit double figures. Um, and it'd be lovely if she could like, sneak a golden boot in there. You know, no pressure. <laughs> so we can finish. We, we can win something this season. It'd be lovely. <laughs> we, we get some flag. We can get some golden boot flags made or something for next season. <laughs> no more flag. More flags. <laughs> You're still trying to dry out the ones from last week. Just about dried off now, but um, it just takes so long to put them up now, doesn't it? Before games, that you know we have to get there about two hours before soon, won't we? If, if we keep getting more to help, now seem to hide away until they're all up, and then they suddenly turn. Yeah, I don't blame them to be honest. I think I'd probably <laughs> do the same if I didn't have them with me. I'd probably be turning up late myself just to so I don't have to uh, 
put them up. But we've got more flags than players on the pitch. I mean, we've got 12 flags. <laughs> it's just incredible. Um, but they're great. And and it's um, it just definitely adds. And I'm sure the players, um, you know, especially away from home, when they see those flags put up behind the goal, you know, it makes it must make a difference. Um, Dean said once when he we had a cup game away at Lewis and he, he they came out to warm up and he saw the flags behind the goal, he said it just gave him such a boost, you know. So I think it might, it, I think it does make a difference um, to do that. But yeah, yeah. And do you know what as well? Every I, I said it to you before, but I noticed every home game, people come up and take photos of them. And obviously, there's always some strange guy that you know puts them all up and then goes and stands and takes a photo. Don't know who that is, Phil. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, me. But other than, other other than you, um, yeah. I, every time every time we're there, I always notice whether it's at half time or I think the other the other week we we only got a couple of them up fighting in the wind and the rain, and someone's there taking snaps. Um, so yeah, so they are they are a popular thing, and it? it is great to to see them all at that one end all the time and as you say when you guys take them away and um yeah I mean how we've only got on to talk about flags but <laughs> Ben um Ben on ben... part of this. What, do you, how, what kind of season do you think the flags have had this year you know <laughs> <laughs> I have to say Ben did Ben took a video um of one of the flags blowing in the wind and it's fantastic yeah I, I, I literally did guys I thought they were absolutely <laughs> brilliant they had great colour to the whole spectacle and I, I just think that it it really makes a massive difference. I, 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 I they really are good in my opinion. It just shows your um, incredible support for the team. Um, I, I just can't commend you enough for those. I think they're absolutely brilliant. Well, it's very kind of you to say so. They're bugger to put up. <laughs> yeah, no, it's Ben. They are, and your video was brilliant because it was just like. It just, I just love the fact you took a video of one. I've only, you only ever photos usually, but actually, you know, it brought it all to life seeing it blowing in the wind. And I, and I think um, your comments underneath that video um, on your page were very complimentary. So thanks for that. Really kind. Okay, no, I'm glad you noticed. Yeah, I did. I put some on Twitter. I think I don't think any of those ended up on Facebook. Actually, I'm slightly wishing now. That I put one of the the video I took of one of those one of really nice white mainly white flag which is similar to the team's away kit I think unless they've gone for yellow as their away kit I think for a while there was a white away kit with a blue and red stripe which I thought was a great kit uh, and that flag reminded me of that kit on my Facebook page now I just put it on Twitter I'm glad you sure I'm glad you saw it Phil and many thanks guys brilliant oh no you're right we are in yellow this season but it, the, the 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 red and blue sash on white is um one of our most famous kits over the years so um yeah it's um it's sort of quite iconic it sort of goes back to the 1970s uh we had a cup run got to the cell in 76 and that's sort of you know one of the first years of that kit and then um we've sort of periodically mainly as an away kit we we also played in that um in that sash kit when we lost 9-0 to liverpool in 1989 and i was there for that so i've got great memories of it in some matches but not, not in all 
but it's a, it, it's still my favourite kit. I mean, I actually think we should be playing in the in the sash as a home kit, really, because I think that's our most iconic kit. But yeah, that flag is amazing. The uh, red and the, the red and blue sash on the white, um, brilliant, brilliant flag that is. Yeah, thanks, thanks, Ben. Right. Well, I think that's probably a good place to to bring it to an end. Um, because now we've, now we've just been five minutes without flags. Um, <laughs> so I, I dread to think what we're going to what we move on to next. Um, it probably be the security guy that that would ask us to give the referee five minutes before giving him grief. But uh, <laughs> um, so yeah, I think that you know. I just want to say, as always, I want to say thank you to um, everyone who's listened live. Uh, thanks to those who will who will listen to this on the recording. Um, apologies for the beginning with me having to put it on silent and sort, sort of and everyone coming in wondering what was going on. And you still thought I was waiting for you, Phil, which is great. Uh, <laughs> I should have gone along with that. You've been waiting ages. Should have gone along with that. <laughs> But yeah, thanks to everyone who's listened. Thanks to Ben, as always. Um, appreciate you coming in with your your thoughts and your comments. And um, it's always great to hear. Uh, thanks to Graham who came on representing Sunderland. Um, again, it's you know it's always fascinating to hear um, about the other clubs because we, we don't get to know enough about them. Um, and from such passionate people as well. And that's what I like. That's what I love. You know, one of the things I love with the women's game is those who talk about it, the passion. Everyone's passionate, really, really passionate about it. Um, we just need to keep trying to spread that word, which is what we're trying to do with these. Um, and so, yeah, so thanks to, to Graham for coming on. Um, I know Rich was in here briefly as well under the collective banner, um, who was on last time. And Phil, as always, Thanks to yourself for, for doing this. Um, as, as I always say, it, it wouldn't happen without the two of us. You know, it, it just wouldn't happen as one. Um, so thank you again for for coming on and and, and chatting and um, helping make this possible. Um, next week, unless we do it Monday, much from New York the rest of the week. So if we're going to do a review pod, it'd have to be. Monday probably um, but we'll sort that out um, as to what we'll do for next week but no just thanks to everybody um, hope you've enjoyed listening to this we always enjoy doing them um, and this week you've been listening to uh, 12 Flags Are Flying <laughs> <laughs> on the Flag Channel so <laughs> so uh, no, thank you very much everybody and uh, I hope you have a great weekend and uh, come on the Palace and get three points. Cheers, Mike. Thanks, everyone. Cheers, Phil. Bye. Cheers, bye.